0: episode of the Toho Kingdom podcast. Uh, this is your co-host Noah, and with me here once again, a special host uh, Tyler, and very special guest star, Mr. Jeremy Robinson, author of the new kaiju thriller, Project Nemesis.
1: It's great to be here. It definitely is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you here, Mr. Robinson. Should we, should we call you Jeremy or Mr. Robinson? Which do you
2: prefer? Uh, Jeremy's fine.
0: Sweet. All right. And thank you once again for joining us. So why don't we begin things off with just uh, telling us who you are and uh, your history in writing novels, because I know you've got several novels you've written already.
2: Yeah, I have, um, I think it's, I think I'm over 30 novels and novellas now, Um, and eight of those were with co-authors. And I started, uh, my first book was self-published actually in 2005, Um, and then I self-published Um, three more books after that, and they sold well enough that I got the attention of uh, a big publisher in New York, Um, and that's when I signed my first hardcover deal. And so right now, um, I am published uh, by a big publisher in New York. I self-publish probably four novels a year, and I'm also going to be published uh, by Amazon.com's horror imprint, 47 North. So and that's under uh the name Jeremy Bishop. So I'm actually two authors now. Three if you count my uh my ninja humor book that came out last year called The Ninja's Path. That my author name for that was Cut You So Deep.
1: <laughs> awesome. Good 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 name. Yeah. of course <laughs> Of course, uh, you're going to have to keep track now if you keep creating all these different uh, usernames and whatnot, all these different it titles.
2: promoting under different names, and even just the, the Jeremy Robinson and Jeremy Bishop names gets a, a little confusing. and I tried to combine them on my website so that people would just know I was the same person um, because promoting, <laughs> doing all the same things for two different people is kind of a pain in the butt.
1: Oh, yeah, I can understand that. Or like a fan just like, hey, you got to try this book out. He's like, it shows the author's picture and like, oh, my God, that guy's impersonating the th- this author. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Well, the difference
2: between it's like uh, Superman Clark Kent author photos for <laughs> Jeremy Bishop. I'm wearing glasses.
0: <laughs> and nobody can tell who you are when you do that. No, no, it's a very dark picture, too, because it's horror. So. <laughs> Never switch the <to> contacts. <laughs> So what kind of? So I'm guessing from that last statement, the you primarily write uh fiction and primarily horror at that. Would I be correct in guessing that? Um,
2: Jeremy Bishop is primarily horror. Where Jeremy Robinson is, um, there is a lot of horror in it, but there's also a lot of science fiction, a lot of action adventure, um, that kind of stuff. A, a lot of times I would describe it as Indiana Jones with mythology and monsters and military. So it's a combination of a lot of different
0: elements. Sweet.
2: And a lot of Good kaiju.
0: <laughs> Lots of uh, kaiju, you said? Yes. And technically,
2: I mean, I consider kaiju, you know, anything from Godzilla size down to like aliens, um, the movie aliens. Because mm-hmm. kaiju is really strange beast in general, um, rather than just the giant form. So technically, I think maybe 28 out of 30 of my books are kaiju novels. Um, not giant kaiju, although I do have that in several books. Um, Which but would be giant monsters? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sweet.
0: Yeah, I tend to consider kaiju to be a multitude of things, mainly mainly uh, bigger than normal size, but like uh, King Kong all the way up to Godzilla.
2: Right. Well, I think of, like, um, The Host, uh, the Korean movie. That, the oh. creature in that wasn't massive. It was definitely smaller than King Kong, but um, I would definitely consider that kaiju.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely a uh, strange... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: th- that's another... <laughs> that's one thing I think it helps make it kaiju, is that it's more than just, like, a big fish or a big bug. It's, like, a very unique creature, or a blend right. of several creatures.
1: Distinct characteristics, personality, uh, like your uh, new cre- like that one creation you just uh, have for. Uh, I, I guess we'll get to that later. But like Nemesis, <laughs> how you put your own uh, personality or you put your own flavor into him without right. spoiling anything of your book,
2: <laughs> right? Right. It's definitely a challenge to to come up with something different. Uh, not in terms for for the the population in general. Um, not everyone is a fan of kaiju, so it's not. Hard to surprise uh, most readers, but definitely with uh, kaiju fans, it's tricky to come up with something that's new because there are so many giant monsters.
1: Without being easily compared to others, like oh, this is like Alien, or oh, this like Kong or Godzilla.
2: Right, and that's what I've I've enjoyed. Um, because people always do try and compare, and I've enjoyed the comparisons for Nemesis, is that they're actually never the same. Um, There's, you know, people are seeing a multitude of of kaiju in it. um, So it's it's kind of fun to look at what people compare it to. Um, And then, in in a way, you know, if they're comparing it to 20 different monsters, then it kind of has to be something that's fairly new, rather, because it can't possibly look like 20 different monsters.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Let's well, understand. Like, uh, one example I'd have to give would, uh, be, uh, no, uh, your favorite, uh, film, well, monster from all time, Cloverfield. Uh, was it you that when one of, you, yeah. uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, but, uh, you didn't see the, or I, was it you or Dylan that say you didn't see the film, but your friend was telling you, trying to compare the monster, but he couldn't come up with anything and told you it was like a giant insect. <laughs> am I, am I missing, am I messing up that, uh, story or, or that memory or.
0: I, I don't remember. It may have been the the first. That was probably Dylan.
1: Ah, okay. Because I remember, I remember one of you two saying, "Oh yeah, he told me it was like this giant cockroach or this like giant mantis." Then I saw it, <laughs> and it was like it looks nothing like that.
2: <laughs> yeah. And Cloverfield's kind of a big myth Like, I wouldn't compare him to anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, there's just like nothing relatable to. Him. But again, that, a good way to distinct. To make something new or creative or distinct
0: right
2: mm-hmm. it's tricky
0: so i I think that's actually a good segue um uh you're here because your new book project nemesis is as you've said before that you've um you have kaiju in all your previous novels but project nemesis is the first novel that really plays to the kaiju genre right the cliches right. and the uh not necessarily exactly. cliches you <laughs> know sto- story beats and you know, Monster Attacks yeah. City, Military Fights Back, the story types that kaiju fans are familiar with. Yep. So can you give us a quick rundown of what the novel is, what it's about? Um,
2: let's see. For
0: those who are consider- who haven't heard of it before.
2: You <laughs> just said it. it's a giant monster that destroys a city.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um
2: <laughs> Boston. <laughs>
0: um
2: yeah, Boston was uh I chose Boston. Mostly because i mean, I grew up near Boston, but also because it had never been destroyed by a giant monster before to my knowledge, so at least that is is different um but project nemesis is uh the the creature what can I say without giving it away it's um the creature is is a combination um so unlike other kaiju this one is is created uh through science. And it's really kind of an experiment gone wrong rather than the, the result of some horrific accident or nuclear weapons being tested or something like that. Um, so that they, they knew that they were creating something they shouldn't be and it kind of gets out of their control. Um, and it's created by combining the DNA of the ancient goddess nemesis, who was the goddess of vengeance, um, and retribution and, uh, The stories of Nemesis are that she would, uh, if someone committed some kind of horrible crime, she would go after that person for vengeance, but would kill everyone in her path um, just to get to that person. So it didn't matter that there were all these innocent people in the way, she would just kill everyone on her way to exact her judgment. Um, So that DNA is combined with the DNA of uh, a girl who was murdered. So that kind of genetic memory of being murdered is now inside of this monster that is growing from the size of a little girl into something the size of Godzilla.
0: Cool. That's, that's certainly a fairly unique origin. It kind of reminds me of a Jurassic Park almost in a way with genetic cloning and things like that. Right.
1: Almost. Right. Uh, so, oh, I'm sorry, but uh, actually it actually kind of reminds me of a little of a, kind of like the same type of br- uh, using something. Someone was dead was a, uh, when Godzilla vs. Biollante, Biollante's
3: origins ah, yes. using right. uh,
1: the uh, the dead scientist's daughter, and how you know trying to bring her back to life, you know he accidentally created this creature. But it's definitely a very interesting take.
2: It's on... dark. Um, yeah. It's not. Yeah. Vengeance. <laughs> the whole thing is about <laughs> vengeance. Uh, and 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 really, any anyone that gets in her way is just a smear. <laughs>
0: I gotta, yeah. I gotta say, I gotta say, I'm really excited. I have not read it yet. I plan to read it soon. It's on my Christmas list, or I'll be getting it after Christmas. I'm really just excited to see that there's another kaiju novel because there, with a couple of exceptions like uh, the Random House Godzilla series that was published in right. the 90s and uh, a book, a novel, a Tim Defender of the Earth, there's been the kaiju genre hasn't really been explored in the literary world and. I'm. I'm a not huge, at all. I'm a huge. Um, I read books a lot. I'm. A, I read tons of novels. I always check out tons of books from my library. I've spent a fortune at my local half-price bookstore. So I'm. <laughs> I'm thrilled to see that you know there's a new kaiju novel out there.
2: Right, and hopefully not the last. I. I do have plans Agreed. for at least two or three more. Um, and the I actually just heard from my film agent. Um, was it yesterday? Uh, that he is going to be taking it out not just to movie studios but actually to uh, TV stations to see if we can get it made into a TV show, which would be amazing. And it would be filmed in kind of the style of Cloverfield, um, you know, like shaky Cam and all that stuff. So it's more like you're in the action. But um, a kaiju TV show would be amazing
0: except for Ultraman and the Godzilla cartoons I don't think there's any examples of a kaiju TV show. Right.
2: And this he's talking like a, you know, like a weeknight fringe kind of
0: show. Mhm. Yeah, that sounds incredible actually. I'm I'm hyped for that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that would be amazing. Would you prefer that over a uh, a movie adaptation?
2: I don't know, that's hard to say. Cuz yeah, that's kind of a toss up. <laughs> <laughs> um I guess it depends on who's making the TV show and who's making the movie. Yeah. (laughs)
0: That's a biggie.
2: Yeah. I mean, a TV show that ran, like, when you look at something like Game of Thrones, what that has done for the novels, then I would definitely be down for that. Um, Mm -hmm.
3: Because
2: I think sometimes the TV show, when they're ongoing, when it's weekly, and people uh, like Walking Dead, people who are watching that are learning about the comic book much more than they would have, if, I think, if it was just a single movie. Yes. Um, I think the fact that a movie is based on a novel oftentimes gets lost.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I recently found out that Die Hard was based on a novel, and that just blew blew my mind. I mean, you're yeah, right. It's completely
2: ridiculous the novelist does not know that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I had no idea.
0: And it just blows my mind that, yeah, so many books are based on novels, and just also speaking... I mean, so many movies are based on novels, but also just speaking as a kaiju fan, we don't really have a lot of kaiju television shows, so that would be a very, no. very cool way Certainly of Certainly never
2: one that was made really, really well, mm-hmm. you know, with the quality that the, the nighttime shows are made. Mm-hmm. They're usually, like, kind of Saturday morning type shows.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely picturing, like, Fringe with giant monsters, and I'm super excited exactly. at that thought. Yep. <laughs> That'd be a good way to describe the book, actually. Fringe with giant monsters. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Fringe is like my favorite TV show on right now. So that you're is- you're telling me a lot on this book. I'm super excited <laughs> for it.
1: I want to. You should really start, You should really uh, get him to like. You sign it. Basically, you make his make his holiday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I want to ask uh, real quick. Uh, um, what was the uh, inspiration for this book? Did you? We had mentioned that. Uh there was a lack of any kaiju novels out there. Was this in, uh, a direct result of that? of you wanting to see the kaiju genre in in more books?
2: Yeah, um, I've always wanted to do it, and on I kind of have a list of career goals, and mm-hmm. writing um, a Godzilla novel has always been on that list. Um, and that's actually still a possibility, because I know that um, my name has been thrown into the hat for the novel adaptation of the upcoming Godzilla movie. I haven't heard anything about that, but I know they're considering me, so that is still a possibility. Um, but I was talking to um, my editor over the summer um, about what I should write next because I had a few months open. He's said, well, why don't you write your kaiju novel? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So I just wrote it and we got it published and the rest is history.
0: Awesome. How, how how did you go about... What was your... Uh, did you have like a mandate to yourself about designing Nemesis? I mean, did you say, I want to make it feel like a Godzilla monster? I want it to feel like something brand new? Yeah, I wanted it
2: to to
0: have elements of, of both. I
2: wanted it to be iconic, like Godzilla is. Mm-hmm. Um, so not overly complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of... A lot of kaiju they get lost in you know the the design gets overdone and too many powers and so i wanted it to be a simplistic kind of design um, a simple goal so revenge in this case um, and something that is easily remembered um, so you know a basic name um, cool design and just uh, kind of iconic you know like godzilla is but not Godzilla, obviously,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, and darker than Godzilla.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so those really were just you know keep it simple, um, but make it new is really what I wanted. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, were there any like changes you did with the basic de- or the the design or maybe not the design, but uh, just maybe the origins of nemesis, like you had you had a thought uh, during your process like maybe you should do this, and then you thought, oh, maybe this vengeance track would be better."
2: You know, I can't remember how I came up with that. How did I come up with Nemesis? Um, I think I came up with the idea of um, the, the DNA and the murdered murder little girl. And then I thought, well, maybe there was a god of vengeance. And so I started researching that and came across uh, Nemesis. And I really liked the backstory. and. Uh, some of the elements of Nemesis, which I don't want to say because they will give away parts of the story, fit in really well with a giant monster. Um, so I completely forgot what the original question was.
1: Oh, <laughs> it was like I w- no, just the basis of Nemesis, like the mon the monsters' oh, right, right. origin.
2: Uh, what what did change along the way is that um, I was about twenty five percent through with the book when uh, Matt Frank and I started talking. Um, and I asked him if he would be willing to design the creature. Um, so the way that worked is that I took the descriptions that were in the book, um, just come out and sent them to him. And then he did some sketches. And I actually ended up changing the the description in the book of the creature based on his sketches. So I gave him, I said, you know, kind of keep keep the basics of what I've written here. But if you come up with something cooler, then just do that and I'll change it in the book. Um, so some of Matt's drawings actually, uh, reflected changes in the novel itself, um, where he came up with a better idea than I
0: did. (laughs) So would you say that when you started writing the novel, did you, uh, did you have a different, an idea of what Nemesis looked like? Were you always writing it? Were you, or was Nemesis kind of vague in design?
2: It was vague. Um, the way I've written novels the last few years is that I don't even really create an outline, um. So, or even a, a solid description of the creature. So, and Nemesis is also, she She grows and evolves through the whole book. In the beginning, she's just like a, a baby almost. So it grows from that size to Godzilla size. Um, and so we visit the monster at several different stages of growth. Um, so at every stage, it's a little bit different. Um, and I was just coming up with that as I wrote the book. So I didn't really know in the beginning what it would look like in the end um yeah
0: so so when uh when matt frank presented his uh pictures to you did he uh like look at the descriptions in your novel and like clarify it or did you look at it and go oh that that's a better design than what i originally had
2: um well most most of what he sent to me is very similar um to what I described. There were a lot of details that he changed. Maybe the way that armor plating was placed, or I think in the original, um, it had uh, really large spikes coming off the shoulder, and he got rid of them because it looked like something from Ultraman. Um, (laughs) So there were, you know, there was a lot of different elements considered as we both kind of created the creature.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Where I I was creating from a story perspective, and these are the things, it needs to be able to do and this is how large it needs to be and um certain elements that couldn't be changed that uh had to be incorporated. Uh one of the ones that uh, he changed is that the the creature has membranes on its body. Um on the sides of its necks uh necks one neck.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you never know. Uh, it's Ghidorah In, <laughs> in my pulse. I wrote about the Hydra and that had nine, so <laughs> Um, so it had membranes on the sides of it, on the sides of its neck and on its ribs, um, and on its torso. And I described, um, just a couple here and there, but he added many more than I did. Um, so just elements like that. And, uh, yeah, so it's really kind of a collaboration in terms of the look of the monster, but, uh, for its abilities and all that stuff, that's what I did on my own.
0: So what was it like working with Matt Frank? I know Matt Frank is a really an amazing artist and his work on the IDW comics have been Godzilla comics have been pretty awesome.
1: Yeah.
2: Yes. Um, And that's actually how I originally found him is I got the, uh, the stomp promotional comic book where my town was, you know, I found that in the comic book store where my town was being destroyed by a Godzilla foot. Um, (laughs) And then I saw, Uh, An article he wrote in the Famous Monsters of Filmland, uh, Kaiju edition. Um, And that's what led me to contact him, was uh, that issue. Um, And actually, Project Nemesis is going to be reviewed um, very favorably by Famous Monsters of Filmland. Nice. I think that will be coming out in January. They loved it, so (laughs) that's a good thing
0: i'm curious have you were you at all um before this book was written or came out how involved were you with the uh kaiju fan base did you read g fan and buy the godzilla comic books and things like that or um mostly
2: just the movies and so i haven't i wouldn't say i've been in the community other than you know my very close-knit community of friends um but outside of that, online, I haven't really been involved. And I think that's mostly because I've been so busy writing about mm-hmm. monsters that I really haven't had time to talk <laughs> about monsters. Um, and with this one, I definitely am, am making more of an effort for the Kaiju fan out, outreach um, because it is so much more of a traditional Kaiju story. Um, whereas the other ones, you know, they were being marketed more as uh, thrillers. So that's a a different audience, um, but I think with you know with many of my books they have very large monsters. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like a, an oversight, I would say, on my part that it never occurred to me um, to market to other kaiju readers. Mm-hmm. It took a giant monster for me to realize that I should be doing that. <laughs>
0: Well, it, it kind of comes back to what we said at the beginning about how you define kaiju. Because I, I, I know um, you said you define kaiju as from, like, alien to Godzilla. But then there are some people who only consider Godzilla and other Japanese monsters of big right. size to be kaiju. Who don't consider alien or even Kong to be a kaiju. It's kind of right. a nebulous term. Wikipedia considers
2: all strange beasts to be. <laughs> 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 they specify the difference between kaiju and kaiju
1: awesome
2: you know it's true if it's on wikipedia Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) of course of course (laughs) so actually I I recall a study it was uh, out of every three to four er out of every three errors on encyclopedia.com there were only four on wikipedia so you (laughs) trust it (laughs) (laughs) but in any case no minus my strange facts
0: no no you keep them coming if you got more no no no, that's (laughs) no I I I think they're funny
1: yeah <laughs> no, i i have got nothing else, but uh I didn't want to interrupt your question what what were you saying
0: um I was just uh curious i mean obviously from our discussion and from the book itself uh Godzilla has been a big influence on this. How long have you been a Godzilla fan or a kaiju fan um
2: in the beginning of uh project nemesis the the dedication um in... do I have a copy somewhere so I can actually read it Let me see so I dedicated the book to um, for WLVI Channel 56 for airing Creature Double Feature every Saturday morning of my childhood. Creature Double Feature was on in the early 80s when I was a little kid, and they would play Godzilla movies uh, back-to-back every Saturday morning. Um, So I have been a Godzilla fan for
0: 32
2: years, maybe?
0: Awesome. So a while. So it's been like a almost a lifelong obsession or fandom.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I have drawings of Godzilla that I did when I was little. Oh, <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> I do too. I actually I was like I was an artist before I was a writer, um, and I started out doing indie comic books. So um, I have many, many, many drawings <laughs> um, from childhood and afterwards
1: then you look at Matt Franks and you're like, "Yeah, <laughs> wow, I, good thing I suck to writing.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that's me too. <laughs> I think you also mentioned uh, to me before uh, on the forums of TohoKingdom.com that you, uh, you designed the cover art for your novels.
2: Yep. Um, I have done – so, I, yeah, I didn't give up art entirely. Um, I'm just not a comic book artist. Um, I've designed the covers, I want to say, for probably – 25 of my 30 books um, oh, Wow so, And I have done um, cover art For a lot of other books as well And I have done some interior art For my books And the aforementioned Ninja Katsu So Deep Book is actually um, 100% <laughs> illustrated by me Awesome um, So I still do a lot of art um, And doing the Project Nemesis cover was A lot of fun mm-hmm. But I yeah I can't draw like Matt Franken.
1: <laughs> so, so what was your inspiration for the Project Nemesis uh, art style? Because uh, when we were actually on our last podcast, it it uh, Noah made the distinction. It looks similar to the Cloverfield, Cloverfield. Or, yes, yeah. when the, um, the wake and the destroyed city in the background.
2: I was uh, I actually didn't have that as an inspiration. Um, it did come up at some point though. I did the cover. Um, it's similar to two of my other covers where there's kind of a city in the background. Um, and so when I look at a cover, I think, well, what, how in the world can I do like a giant monster cover? And the easy answer for me is to hide it in the water and show the, Mm -hmm. the city destroyed. And so that's kind of, it all just kind of came together that way. And then, um, When I was showing it to one of my editors, uh, just to get his opinion, he said, well, have you considered using um, the coloration from this Cloverfield poster? And I went and looked at the Cloverfield poster, and I was like, holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) If you you took out the monster, added the Statue of Liberty, and zoomed in a little bit, it would be the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe there was a subconscious um, inspiration from the Cloverfield poster, uh, but it wasn't intentional.
0: That that's kind of what got my attention was I, I found you and your website when you, you did a blog post discussing the legendary pictures Godzilla and you had a picture of your novel and I saw that and I was like, hello, that looks just like Cloverfield. That looks awesome.
2: <laughs> I think you will like it more than Cloverfield, but you know, I'm biased.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what what was your opinion of Cloverfield?
2: I love Cloverfield. Thank you. Um Yeah, it's 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 an awesome movie. Mm-hmm. And I I think any giant monster movie really needs to be seen in the theater. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, there's really no other experience like it. I saw Godzilla 2000 in the theater Um, and it was just totally accidental. Just happened to see it there and immediately went, (laughs) I don't know why it was in the theater. Um, I don't know that it got like a release all, all across the country. Or if the theater owner was a Godzilla fan, but I got to see that, and that was amazing to see in the theater. I
0: know, I know, Godzilla two thousand did receive a limited, statewide release in you know, over over several states. Sony Pictures right. distributed, it. it may have been that. But.
2: Yeah, so I was yeah. pretty happy to have seen it.
0: I, I did see, I did manage to see the original Gojira in theaters when it was re-released in my local, uh, oh nice, art museum. They had an Asian film festival, and they screened uh, Godzilla Mothra, King Ghidorah. Cool. I got to go see that, but yeah, Cloverfield was is the one I remember the most. It was also like the first time I found giant monsters to be actually scary.
2: Right, Well yeah, you know, when you first get like a glimpse of it from you know up above in one of the buildings and it's just kind of storming through the city, it's, it was really amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the first. It's the first time it made me actually think about all those people you always see running away in the Godzilla films. Like, what that <laughs> must be like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have dreams about that.
1: Oh, that's, that's awesome. I, I dream
0: I dream about Godzilla at, at least four or five times a year. That's awesome.
1: Less camera guy from Godzilla nineteen ninety eight, you know, less surviving, more about ten feet, you know, cl- under the foot yeah. in your dreams.
2: <laughs> He's usually different sizes depending on on the dream. And the last one, he was fairly small and oh. kind of chasing me around this this block like object, like peeking around corners <laughs> after me and stuff. <laughs> But I always wake up and I'm like that was awesome.
0: <laughs> do do the, do you often use dreams as like an inspiration for writing?
2: I occasionally do. Um my first Jeremy Bishop horror novel um is called Torment and it's a horrible horrible book. Like not <laughs> it's not bad. It's not badly written. Um but it is messed up. Um <laughs> And when I tell people who have read it that it was based on a dream they kinda of look at me funny. <laughs> uh, but but at least the first twenty five percent of that book is uh is like straight from the dream. Oh
3: that's neat. and
2: it's it's by far my my darkest and most twisted novel. I haven't reread really it since, I don't think I could. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what Well t- as long as you learn from your mistakes, I mean that's what I mean, learn from always progress i mean i i mean do you see project nemesis as your best novel or what would you consider your best novel you've written so far with your 30 Um, books
2: that is hard to say um yeah the the last few i think have all kind of been on par with each other um and they're all very different books where where nemesis is a giant monster story um the last hardcover second world um it had robots or I don't know what you would call them. I guess robots when giant giant machines that people control.
1: Mechs. Um <laughs> Well uh, now now the term is Jaegers apparently.
2: Jaegers. <laughs> uh,
0: thanks to Pacific Rim.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Um well Pacific Rim is going to popularize the term Kaiju I think which mm-hmm. would be great for me because when you search for Kaiju on Amazon I'm the fourth result. So. Nice. Anyways, um, and the the other book that just came out, um, The Last Hunter, is is kind of like a young adult book. Um, even though the only reason it's a young adult book is that the character is uh, young. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it's just like my other novels. Um, and that one has tons of monsters. Um, but they're all very different styles of books. So it's hard to compare them. Um, I think Project Nemesis has been my most positively... Uh, received book by readers. I think on Amazon it has uh, 33 reviews right now after just a few weeks and uh, 4.9 rating out of five, um, which kind of blows away all my other books. And I think that's because kaiju readers are really getting behind it and are enjoying it and want to support it because there really isn't anything else like it. Um, And hopefully the book will continue to sell like this and I'll get to do a whole bunch more.
1: Yes, yeah, so, well, hopefully it does sell well, I mean, with that type of support.
0: Some,
2: Yeah, that would be great.
0: Something I'm curious about, when writing something like uh, Nemesis, which is referencing something you love, namely Godzilla, I mean, this is something I, I've wanted to write books, and I've wanted to write a book like Project Nemesis, something I'm wondering, do you ever, where does it feel like you're writing, do you ever come across a problem where it feels like you're not writing a tribute, you're more or less just doing the same thing? If that makes any sense.
2: I was concerned about that. Um, And I think because I was concerned about it, it didn't really happen. Like, I never got to a certain point in in writing Nemesis where I thought, man, this is kind of a ripoff of Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Um, There are certain similarities, uh, which you can't really escape from when you're writing any kind of giant kaiju novel. Um, You expect to have those similarities in it. Right. Um, Like, I had debates like, well, should I give Nemesis a tail? Is that going to be too similar to Godzilla if mm-hmm. he has a tail?
3: <laughs> um,
2: but in general, I, I never really had the concern that this is too similar to Godzilla because the the backstory and the, the motivation um, of the monster and the characters um, are totally different. And the characters, which we haven't really talked about, are, they're a lot of fun. Um, and it, the character, the main character, John Hudson, is the the lead investigator of um, Fusion Center P, <laughs> which stands for Paranormal. Um, and Fusion centers, or Fusion, yeah, Fusion centers, are an actual department within um, the Department of Homeland Security.
3: Interesting.
2: Um, so these things exist. They don't exist to battle the paranormal. Um, but uh the fusion sectors exist. There's one um in most major cities around the country. So I added one um that was tasked to deal with um, paranormal events. Um and so the main characters in this novel are uh three people who have kind of been, you know, sitting around chasing uh Sasquatch sightings for the last five years. Now they have to actually deal with something that's strange and huge and horrible. So I think like in that while regard we- like, uh, like, wow, we
1: actually have to like use different. our. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, go ahead. I was gonna say it was like it's a, I guess a, a shocker. Like, wow, we actually, we actually have a job. It's not just like some guy in a suit running around. We actually yeah. have a monster.
2: It goes from like a fun job where they get to take vacations in the woods, pretending to search for Sasquatch, into holy crap, this is killing. <laughs> <guys."> <laughs> <laughs> this is the
1: worst job ever. Yeah. <laughs> Sure, it doesn't get better once they find the you know the monster's origins and whatnot, but since you as you keep saying, it's a darker tale.
2: Right. And I think that's what really separates it from from Godzilla.
0: How did you approach writing the characters? Because I mean, when I was younger for me, most of the time, uh the human characters in Godzilla movies and other monster movies, they just kinda like got in the way of what I wanted was there to see. But as I've gotten older and I've seen more movies like some of the later Godzilla films or even the original Gojira and Cloverfield, I've gone to see that, you know, well-written human characters can play a huge part in a monster story. So I was curious, what was it like, you know, writing those characters?
2: I I found it very fun. My goal was to make the characters um, enjoyable. Um, so the main character, uh, the, the book is written from several different perspectives. One of them is uh, it follows the monster um, occasionally you actually get into the monster's head, um, and then the rest of it is written in first-person perspective from the main character's point of view. So, And he's kind of like a sarcastic uh, guy. So there's a lot of funny parts in the book. Um, I think one of the most recent reviews said that it was actually making them laugh out loud. And so that, that's despite how dark the book is, so there's actually humor in the dark book. Um, so I found writing the characters to be a lot of fun, especially from the first-person perspective, where you really get into the character's head and hear what they're thinking and um, really get to know them better than I think you do even watching a movie with a character. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's true with most novels and probably why people often say I like the novel better than the movie, um, because you really get to know the characters more. And I think um, as a viewer, even though we think Godzilla is awesome and we just want to see Godzilla a lot destroying things, we care a lot more when there's human characters also that we care about. Um, and it's sometimes hard to pull off with kaiju because we do like the monsters so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what I liked about uh, the movie The Hosts so much is that they did such a good job with that family. you um, kind of actually did care. The monster really was a monster. And um, So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but I think in Nemesis... The characters are just as fun to read as the monster is.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, do you uh, have any questions, Tyler? I don't want to monopolize everything. So,
1: well, no. The reason the reason why I've been quiet is you're the one that uh, you're the fa- uh, the fan of the book and the one that's been looking for the for this. I just, uh, while well, I've heard of Project Nemesis. I actually heard most of this from Kaiju Combat, which is we'll be getting to that later, but. I saw the artwork, the design, the story from that portion. So I'm more, more on the design, and I, I find the interesting on uh, the character, the design, and you know the origins and whatnot. So I, I really have no, I have really no background with the story except for that short summary uh, that I read with the design. So I've, I'm just taking everything in. I'm fine.
2: <laughs> okay, cool. I don't want to monopolize. He's a human sponge. Exactly. <laughs> the observer. To use a fringe that, that reference. You can be your kaiju combat character. You can just be a giant kaiju sponge.
0: <laughs> that would be awesome, actually. <laughs> be a great joke just, character. Yeah, ab- absor-
1: <laughs> absorb all energy attacks and just fire it back. Yeah, that's <laughs> right.
0: So, something you said earlier that uh, I found curious was you said you uh, started writing Nemesis without an outline. Is that... How how do you normally approach writing? Do you outline? Okay, here's how the story's going to begin. Here's how it's going to continue, and here's the ending. And now I need to fill in the gaps. Or do you normally just write and say, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'll find out, you know, when I get there.
2: Um, I used to make a much more detailed outline, and sometimes when I write for a larger publisher, they require that. Um, but recently, when I've been doing my own projects uh, where I'm in charge, I'll kind of just. I'll have the basic concept. I might have a few ideas of specific scenes. Um, and for Nemesis, I knew I had a giant monster. I knew I wanted to destroy Boston and I knew that I wanted the end. I don't really want to say what I wanted. To yeah. Think, you don't spoil um, it. <laughs> I knew how I wanted things to, to, to work out in general, but everything in between was really totally unknown to me. Um, so, it's as a writer, I think it's fun to write that way because it's almost like I'm reading the book and experiencing it as it kind of just pours out of my brain mm-hmm. um so oftentimes, I don't really know what I'm writing um next until like I wake up in the morning and spend ten minutes thinking about it in bed
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, so yeah occasionally um if I feel like I'm starting to get a little bit a little bit lost and I'm not sure what I'm gonna do next, I'll sit down and write out, you know, maybe in the next four or five chapters, like what happens next. Um mm-hmm. just like brief paragraphs about um each chapter. Um but in general I I have an idea for the end and how I get there is a mystery.
0: hmm That's something when I when I've done some writing and I kinda am curious about, you know, doing some more writing in the future. I'm not, not an author or anything, but just um, where do I start Was is with, a um, an outline or do I just kind of find it as I go? And I thought that was interesting.
2: Yeah. You kind of have to, I would say experiment with both. Um, some people and a lot of professional authors definitely use an outline and I don't know if they need it or not. They might just not trust that they can pull it off without it. And I think maybe for something like a mystery you would yeah. definitely need an outline because there's a lot of clues they have to keep track of and mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff. But, you know, something that's a little more straightforward um, or I guess if you have a really good memory, um, <laughs> you can just write it and, and see where it goes. And that's what editing is for, too, where there have been times where I've written something and then just totally forgot about this plot point. And my editor will be like, you never finished this story. I was like, oh, I guess we'll delete that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call um, uh, Occam's Razor is uh, a theory that says um, the most uh, the most the simplest explanation is most often the correct correct explanation. And so, when I edit, I do Jeremy's razor razor, and the most the the easiest edit is always the correct edit, and that <laughs> usually involves deleting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, was there any like? uh uh, you mentioned this earlier with Matt Frank and how you went back and changed some of the designs because uh, because of his influence, because of his artwork. Were there any other? I mean, without spoiling anything, was there any other maybe sections or whatnot that you found? Maybe that would work better that now that you after you ran it to the end, or maybe f- found yourself at a certain point.
2: Um, I don't, I don't think there was anything other than than Matt's uh, design changes that I actually went back and changed Um, because I think usually I kind of have like a filter as I'm writing it. And if, you know, if I write it and I'm like, "Ah, I don't know if that's cool enough, then I'll just rework it right then and there until I'm very happy with it. Um, So I don't think there was really anything at the end that I had to go back and change. If I do, um, if I think of things along the way, I usually collect a bunch of sticky notes that says like, go back and change Someone sells hair color.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I usually know exactly what I'm going to change when I get to the end.
0: Do you, um, do you foresee any uh, future sequels to Nemesis?
2: I hope so. I hope so. It certainly depends on how the book sells. And right now it's selling well enough that we're getting to the point where I can justify spending the time doing another one. Um, and it's, it's set up for a sequel, Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also why the film agent was thinking TV, because there's potential for this to just continue on um, mm-hmm. indefinitely, um, as the the characters, you know, can spend time um, investigating other strange creatures or paranormal events or whatever, and then occasionally Nemesis um, may return or other monsters may crop up. So there's definitely potential for an ongoing series and. You know, with, with kaiju combat um, involving Nemesis, and with there potentially being TV or movie interest, then my goal for Nemesis has always been to kind of create a, an original American iconic kaiju. Um, so right now, it seems to be on the the right path for that, and then several sequels would definitely be part of that process.
0: Yeah, with um with the threats that uh, the characters would face, I, I assume they would be more kaiju-like creatures. Yes, R- roughly Nemesis size. There will be others. Yep. It kind of like in the Godzilla series, how it started with Godzilla and then introduced new monsters, and they start crawling out of the woodwork. I mean, like, exactly,
2: like... exactly. Because then, b- by the time you get to the second and third book, um, the people who are are coming back for more are looking for more monsters, and um, you know, doing that in the first book might scare people away, mm-hmm. but kind of. Slowly building them up to accepting, you know, the possible reality that this giant monster exists. You know, will, when they come back, they'll be expecting more of that and then some. Um, so, in, increasing the number of monsters in future books is definitely something that I would be doing. Awesome.
0: And one last thing before we move on to uh, uh, Kaiju Combat: um, how, how did the film and possible TV ideas come about? Was, was that your agent? mainly?
2: Yeah, I was actually surprised when I got the email. Um, So I have a a literary agent and a film agent Um, and the way it works is that the literary agent takes the book and sends it to the film agent and then they talk about possibilities and so all of a sudden I got this this email kind of looping me into their conversation about the possibilities of TV and movie and stuff like that and you know nothing is a guarantee that they both are interested in this is a very good sign, mm-hmm. but then they still have to pitch it to movie studios and TV stations and all that yeah. stuff. So, um, and usually the obstacle for this kind of book obviously is budget yeah, because uh, it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they're talking about more of a Cloverfield style because you can, you can hint at things, uh, more than you can with a traditional movie where you have to, to show the whole monster.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's easier to hide Digital mistakes with Mickey yeah. cam.
1: Well, it's also uh one uh, good example is of a mini series on a small budget doing something spectacular. Is uh, there was a re- recent mi- mini series for it was called "Forward Under Dawn," yes. and it was for Halo, and they had, I mean, they only had a budget of ten million dollars, which yes, d- which is a lot of money, yes, but showcasing a universe that large, or I mean, right. in this case, I mean, demonstrating this would be spectacular. But using, like, using the shadows, using the advantages of, like, horror, like Cloverfield, they were able to pull exactly. it off. So I could easily see, you know, maybe in maybe first few episodes they focus on the core characters maybe, or, or you know, they just show the the footsteps to the monster. Or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, uh, just slowly reveal it before, before the budget explodes. Right, <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, and things can be in in shadow or concealed by rain or, you know, it starts out in the backwoods of Maine. So there's a lot you can do with, you know, showing a creature moving through the trees without revealing the whole thing.
1: Yeah, good thing you didn't put it in the Nevada desert. That'd be (laughs) nowhere to hide there. (laughs) Exactly.
0: And that's also another reason, well, just to go back and say why I'm excited about seeing more kaiju novels is because you can do anything with no budget in a novel.
2: Exactly. I'm not. <laughs> That's always been my theory with writing stories is that I can make them as big and wild and crazy as I want to because it's just words on a page. But then a large part of me says I would really like some of my books to be made into movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot <laughs> mm-hmm. because how many original movies, you know, based on a novel. Come out every year that are that are you know a budget of two hundred million dollars or something ridiculous like that. Mm-hmm. It's what one or two maybe.
1: Yeah, and mm-hmm. half those are for uh, tw- uh, tweens or uh, teenagers. So
2: right, Nemesis.
1: Although... Does, I don't think Nemesis will fit in that picture.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but the uh, Pacific Rim and the Godzilla movie are giving me hope that uh, kaiju will become kind of the next big thing, mm-hmm. which would be would be great.
0: That's that's what I've been hoping. with I mean. Uh, first the IDW Godzilla Co- well first the news about the Legendary Pictures film and then the IDW Godzilla comics and then Pacific Rim and then uh, Godzilla 2014 and of course your book I've been excited to see it and Kaiju Combat it's been like returning right. to comics to film to games and also to novels which is something that I've been wanting to see happen for a while have because I mean ha- have you ever read any of the previous uh, like attempts at Kaiju novels like Gojiro or the Random House Godzilla read... series?
2: I read um, one of the Godzilla books. Um, that was a while ago.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I picked I picked up one of the Godzilla books when it was actually in Barnes & Noble. Oh, um, And I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> it disappeared at some
3: point.
2: <laughs> um, but I did read it. I think Rodan was in it.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, I guess that pretty much covers covers the book topic. If there's unless there's anything else you want to ask, Tyler.
1: Uh, well, I guess on a personal perspective, I, I uh, I write a, a few. I'm trying to put up a lot of uh, stories or whatnot for on Toa Kingdom. You know, mm-hmm. good sponsor. Uh, they uh, well, <laughs> they have a section called the KWc, which is the Kaiju, uh, Kaiju War Chronicles, and they're a lot of talented writers uh, put up their perspectives of two monsters meeting or engaging, and a lot of them have a, uh, a some of them have had slight stories. But one thing I've always tried is putting uh, like a good story with it. Like you know, randomness isn't. Uh, I don't like random. I always like you know. There's always a reason. Yep. So what is so? Just to curious. I mean. T- just for plan- planning like the very core concepts of this like what was your always thing like like you said you you were interested in a sequel like how did you forecast uh like if there is a nemesis 2 or 3 like how would you how would you think you know think what was your brain process for there like what was your thought process thank you <laughs> for getting the the sequel yeah like get like setting the stages for oh,
2: such um well I guess the I know ahead of time that I'm not going to be answering every question um, and there are hints in the end um, as to what the origin of the next monster or monsters would be um, so you kind of get a glimpse of uh, what's to come at the end and that you don't really see the creatures um, but you you witness the poor fellow who Finds them first <laughs> in the dark. Um, <laughs> so there's definitely a hint of of what is coming up, um, almost like a, a teaser at the end of a TV show, or, or what they did in the in the Marvel movies, where you get that, you know, 15 seconds of yeah, Thanos. Thanos there. yeah. So that's kind of what I do at the end of of Project Nemesis, um, where yeah, there's definitely hints of
0: what's coming next. And any, um, sorry, go go ahead, Tyler.
1: Okay, no, I I just wanted to say thank you because, uh, I I'm just trying to set up like a continuous. Like, one thing that I always liked is uh, like a continuous story, and that uh, just like putting a little like a little maybe teaser, or a little thing here and there. That's a pretty good idea. Just like a not you know force reading like oh there will be, but just like a little.
2: Right. So, yeah, it's the the key is to answer the big questions that people have about the story that you're telling so um, people don't get upset, you know, that the big stuff wasn't answered and, um, and then you can tease about what's coming up. And people like that. People like to think, "Ooh, this is exciting. This is going to continue. Um, a lot of times when people finish a novel and that doesn't exist, they feel kind of sad almost that... That this world has come to an end for them, mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of Nemesis, you know, I'm saying, don't worry,
0: there's there's more coming.
1: Yes. Is it- yes. The date, the end of the world, did not occur today. So yeah. we're set. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> it's not midnight yet as of this recording. So <laughs>
0: it's true. You never know. <laughs>
1: Galacticus still has time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Was um, so is there a current um, project projected date for Nemesis two, or whatever it would be. Um, there
2: is not i do i kind of have like a an open slot um to write next summer um so if that happens then it would be coming out around this time next year um which is typical for for novels to come out like uh once a year um and this is definitely a a full length novel um so it takes a lot more time the young adult books i was putting out two a year but they're almost like half the length um mm-hmm. So that's a little more doable. Um, yeah. So probably next November.
1: Sweet. I'm excited. Set your pre-orders for... now. Folks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I wish I could do pre-orders.
0: Yeah. So, all right. Um, before we leave the book topic, any tips for any aspiring writers or people who want to get into the writing?
2: Um, uh, the the tough advice to give is be ready to spend a lot of time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I, sometimes the perception of you know when they discover what you know when people discover a new writer like me, some people are discovering me for the first time with Project Nemesis, mm-hmm. um, and they're like, "Wow, this guy came out of nowhere." It's like, well, I have thirty books out, yeah. and <laughs> and and the the key is that I wrote. Um, for 13 years without ever making a dime um and i did it kind of hardcore where i didn't uh, all i did was write um i didn't make much money at all (laughs) so i was like poverty line uh for a long time and um but that you know i started out as as an artist i wasn't a writer i sucked i was so bad at writing when i started um, but I really wanted to do it, so I did it full time for thirteen years uh, before I finally got into publishing um, and put put out the first book and you know things started rolling from there so it takes a really long time, especially if you start out as not being a writer <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> if you 've always been interested in writing and have you know been writing since you were a kid then that's that 's one thing and i have certainly always been interested in telling stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've always been able to tell a really good story. Um, and that's why I started out in comic books, illustrating comic books is that was kind of my epiphany back then is, um, you know, why am I doing comic books? Uh, because I want to tell story and comic books are, it's visually telling a story. Um, so eventually moving into writing, uh, was really all about storytelling and not necessarily the writing. I'm not really in love with writing the perfect sentence. I'm more about telling the cool story. Mm
0: -hmm. Cool. All right. I think, uh, unless there's any more questions, um, from anyone, um, on the book topic, I think our next topic should be, uh, Kaiju combat and nemesis inclusion in that.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, (laughs) definitely. Uh, because Nemesis has been confirmed as the uh, boss character, correct? Yes. Or a boss, a playable boss character.
2: A playable boss character, um, who you will have to beat before you can play. Um, I wonder if they'll give me a version where it's unlocked, <laughs> or if I'm <laughs> gonna have to kill my own monster before I can. <laughs> I never thought <laughs> I of that. I feel so before. bad. <laughs> I'm sorry.
3: Well, no. no you,
1: well, technically, you created her, uh, her, so you'll know the weak points, right? Yeah. There are none. <laughs> <laughs> I believe my yep. own hype.
2: No. Don't get Don't get too close.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so good tip. Good tip. <laughs>
0: how did you um? How was? How did uh? How were you approached for the project?
2: Um, I actually approached them. Um, so I made a, a trailer. Like a, it's kind of like a movie trailer, but for books, um, for Project mm-hmm. Nemesis, and uh, a lot of people who were searching for kaiju-related videos were discovering it. And uh, one of the people, I wish I could remember the screen name now. I want to say something, Cora, um, uh, from the Kaiju Combat uh, forums, found my trailer and posted a comment on YouTube saying, "Have you heard of, you know, Kaiju Combat? They're doing this Kickstarter campaign. You should check it out." So I went and checked out the campaign. Um, I contributed to the game. Um, I did the $500 backer so that I could create a character for the game, which I actually still can. Um, so I may have two if I can get another one voted in. Um, then I wouldn't feel quite as bad when I killed Nemesis because it would be like my own guy killing Nemesis too. But <laughs> <laughs> um, So then I, I joined the forums and started talking to people um, and thought that there was a possibility for cross-promotion because they were trying to raise money for kaiju combat, and I was trying to sell Project Nemesis, which had just come out. Um, so I posted on the forums you know, expressing my interest in who, I, who should I contact, and they gave me uh, Simon's email address. So I just emailed him directly, and we talked on the phone the next day um, and worked it all out. And so we've been cross-promoting. Um, if you had bought the the Kindle book um, of Project Nemesis anytime time in the last month, when you finished the book, there's a big advertisement for the uh, Kaiju Combat Kickstarter campaign. Oh, neat! Um, so that people who who are then fans of Nemesis, you know, get to contribute and see Nemesis in the game. And um, there was a lot of Facebook uh, advertising that I did, and Twitter, and all that stuff. Um, and part of the the blog post I did to promote Project Nemesis included kaiju combat and so they're also uh giving away um copies of project nemesis to backers um of the project as well um so hopefully you know my fans will support kaiju combat and kaiju combat fans will support project nemesis Mm -hmm. so that was kind of the the goal and i think that's how it worked out
0: and i think that uh I mean, Kaiju Combat, one of its goals for the future is to be able to incorporate monsters like Godzilla and Gamera into it. But Project But Nemesis is really the first celebrity monster of the game.
2: Right. Like not, and I think, you know, the success of Nemesis in the game would be um will help them, you know, get Godzilla and stuff like that attract the mm-hmm. attention of Toho. Um so hopefully it really works out well in both ways. You know, at the same time, um Nemesis being in the game is going to help Nemesis become kind of the iconic monster I want it to be, mm-hmm. um, in in all forms of storytelling, yeah. including video games.
1: Yeah. So maybe in the short time future, instead of you know you beating your own monster, you can have Nemesis beating Godzilla. you <laughs> uh, hoping.
0: I don't I don't know how I would feel about that. That would be <laughs> <laughs> I feel conflicting emotions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you involved at all in the uh, the gameplay creation of Nemesis? Like how the character would play and feel? Um,
2: I don't... Oh, well, I'm not directly involved um, ahead of time. I think that they would probably um, consult with me, you know, on, on how things might work. And I can advise them on how things might work. Um, but in terms of the technical stuff, it's it's all their deal.
1: Cool. Good. Now... Now, obviously, did uh, you—obviously, Nemesis has a few special abilities. Now, uh, her uh, special—am I allowed to say it, or since it's on public domain? Yeah, it's
2: on on the thing. Okay.
1: Well, her primary weapon is self-immolation So, and a divine judgment attack. Uh, Were those—are those directly taken out of the book, or were they, like, maybe enhancements that you came up with after, you know, talking to Simon Strange or talking— uh, with the developers of Kaiju Combat,
2: they are actually straight out of the book. Um, the names are not like I. I, I tried to avoid kind of. Uh, it makes it feel a little bit more comic booky if like they were suddenly naming, the, the monsters. Yeah, if they were naming the attacks in the mm-hmm. novel, it works for a video game. It doesn't really work for a novel. Um, so when we came to to writing this all out for the video game, I was um, coming up with names. For these certain attacks, um, but they're both of those things um, as horrible as they are, are, straight out of the novel. Cool, that's. The... I, I, I really like the self-immolation because it's it's so messed up, like <laughs> that she actually Ew. has to stab herself, you know, and let her blood spray out of her body and to attack someone.
0: Catch on, and by immolation, I assume catches on fire. Or...
2: Yes, the blood is uh, explosive. Mm.
0: Well, uh, I also find it interesting because you mentioned that uh, this character of yours has a uh, some kind of supernatural background, and with self-immolation, the first thing I think of is Phoenix. So I, right. I think that's a neat little tie. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. But um, yeah, I, I, well, pro- as of this recording, Project Com uh, sorry, uh, Kaiju Combat <laughs> has a Project Combat <laughs> Project Nemesis. <laughs> uh, Kaiju Combat has received its funding. So yes. Very exciting. Very exciting indeed. So I I think the goal, the end goal, is to have it come out um, around this time next year, or at least the first right. version
2: of the game. Right, and that's with the, uh, I think with four characters from, I can't remember the name of the other game. Kaiju
1: Land? Mm-hmm.
2: Kaiju Land, the Facebook game. Yes. Um, so I, I don't think Nemesis would be in that. I think Nemesis would be in the release after that. That includes the voted-on character's from the Kickstarter
0: campaign
1: Mm -hmm. well well, cool it would definitely be a great addition yeah Yeah,
0: I look forward to seeing her in action
2: yes I look forward to people being frustrated by not being able to defeat Nemesis yeah
1: (laughs) 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 as long as you're not the one that's uh, frustrated right
0: right
2: (laughs) (laughs) I will be happy when Nemesis kills me
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah She is a worthy creation after all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. I think that pretty much covers it. Cool. Yeah.
1: I I can um uh, never mind. I I was trying to think of anything else for the kaiju combat, but Yeah, so they now is there anything else they are gonna be talking to about uh, for kaiju combat? Like uh, obviously, you know, this is your creation, but were there any other like talks between you two about maybe, uh, maybe your future monsters? Like, like you were saying, maybe if you do do a Nemesis two, putting that, and since you have another slot, putting that secondary monster or maybe you know future monsters into the series of for Kaiju combat.
2: Um, no, we haven't. We haven't talked about future um, monsters. That's certainly a possibility. Um, the trick um, is that with movies, uh, with movie studios, uh, when that happens, they want all the rights. They want comic book rights. They want video game rights. Um, they want like play rights, anything that you can think of, which would be (laughs) awesome. How awesome that would be a play. I would go see a kaiju play (laughs) or kaiju opera. (laughs) I would go to that. Um, but they want all the rights. So with kaiju combat, we're kind of getting, we're kind of sneaking in, Um, right in time for that to happen because, you know, best case scenario, um, a movie studio in three months decides they want to make Project Nemesis as a movie. It's going to take them another six months to get approval and all the money raised. And then if it goes into production, it's at least a year and a half of production and then another six months before it's released. So that's, you know, three years away from when, if there was a Project Nemesis video game, you know three years time so there's time right now to do a licensing deal with kaiju combat that won't interfere with the movie deal mm-hmm. um, and if there is a movie deal then they would have the rights for a certain amount of time um, which would then prevent me from including uh, Nemesis in future uh, books and probably other characters in the series. Um, so it's kind of, like, Wright's stuff is complicated and weird and kind of a pain in the butt. But... Yeah. We got well, Nemesis in the game just in time.
1: Yeah. I mean, if and hopefully this character truly does become as iconic as you hopefully want it to be.
2: Yes, I my mean, goal is we... to rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> Nemesis is my first step. <laughs> well, I guess technically my 30th, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just say it's my first and then I won't feel so stupid.
0: Mm. <laughs> All right. Any um unless there's any more questions, I'm I've run out. Do you have any more, Tyler? <laughs>
1: uh t- t- what's your favorite color?
0: <laughs> Red. <laughs> okay, I'm out. All right. Um before we go, is there anything you want to promote or plug, Mr. Robinson? Um well, I guess I should mention um
2: my next hardcover novel, um, which I think is actually my next novel, I never know because I have like six that come out every year. <laughs> um, but my next hardcover novel is called Island 731. And while the monster in that is not giant Godzilla, it is certainly a strange beast. And I actually named it Kaiju. Um oh. so it's definitely a Kaiju novel, um, which is it has the name in there, but mm-hmm. um, it's not huge, but it's nasty, mm-hmm. and it's cool. Awesome. So <laughs> if you like Project Nemesis, you'll like Island 731.
0: When does that come out?
2: That comes out um, March 29th. Awesome. And that will be hardcover, which is cool. Sweet. And so deeper.
1: start lighting at your bookstore, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Break <laughs> out yeah. the sleeping you, bags.
2: You can pre-order that one right now.
1: I should say. Uh, No word yet on Nemesis Two, though. Yeah.
2: (laughs) No, no, and I do have a Jeremy Bishop book coming out in uh, the at the end of March, and then um, in May. That's the Sentinel and the Raven, and both of those are, uh, I guess you would say, Viking zombie novels.
0: Wow, that sounds awesome.
2: Yeah, they're awesome, and the (laughs) the second one has zombie whales.
0: Sold. (laughs) Yeah. So, <laughs> so I guess
2: bought. a 100-foot zombie blue whale, I think I would consider that a kaiju.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> would you cons- since you mentioned uh, the Jeremy Bishop being more horror than your normal Jeremy Robinson novels, would you consider writing almost a Lovecraftian her Stephen Kingish uh kaiju novel? It's possible.
2: Yeah, I could I in some ways, it would be strange to go darker than Nemesis because Nemesis is dark, but the the characters in Nemesis are not dark. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where Nemesis is dark, they're kind of the opposite of of her. Um, but going dark all around, but that would be kind of like Torment. I I kind of had to recover from writing Torment um, <laughs> because that's just just dark. Um, so I'd have to be in a, in a really good mood for a couple of months to write something that dark again.
0: Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, It was a pleasure. Yeah. All right. Thank you once again, and good night, everybody.
1: Yes, good night, and thank you again for uh, joining us.
0: And remember to uh, buy Project uh, Nemesis as soon as you can.